there's something that we've learned, which is when, when you when you build a tool that has elements of magic, people start expecting the entire thing to be magic. So we would be like, look at this, you can delete audio by just deleting text. And people would say, that's cool. Can I type words and have it generate audio? <laughs> Podcast Junkies, episode 207. I am back with my round two interview with Andrew Mason, founder of Groupon. Andrew is gracious enough to come back on to talk a little bit more about what's been happening behind the scenes at Descript, their recent acquisition of Lyrebird, and the $15 million they received in funding. So it's been a very, very interesting time in the podcasting space. And I feel like Andrew's got his finger on the pulse with what's happening and lessons he's learned on how to run a team in the most hands-off way possible, if you can imagine that. He's learned how to become a, a better leader, and he's excited about the opportunities that are happening at Descript. We talk about the company's growth trajectory and how he's been empowering employees to innovate regularly. We dig in a little into the podcasting space and all the money being invested, which is a fun conversation, and some of the safeguards Andrew and his team have placed on the technology behind Descript and Overdub. I also get clarity on the definition of the term deep fake, <laughs> in case you haven't heard that term. I've been making more of a conscious effort to think about different ways to promote the show. So at the end of the episode, I'll talk a little bit about uh, conversations I've had with the folks at glow.fm and some cool things the folks at Podchaser are doing as well. Once again, we are brought to you by the Scarlet 2i2 sound card by the wonderful folks at Focusrite. Shout out to Dan Hewley. Can't say enough good things about this sound card. Super clean preamps, which provide a clean boost to your sound. So I've used it both with the Samson Q2U microphone as well as the Shure SM7B, which is a bit gain hungry and definitely requires a clean sound card. So this is the new 3G third generation sound card and it's guaranteed to make your audio sound completely professional. As always, stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag, but let's get into this round two conversation with Mr. Andrew Mason. Andrew Mason, thank you so much for round two on Podcast Junkies. Appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Harry. So, Andrew, I, th I thought it was interesting because uh, last time we talked, the script was still early days. While what you were doing was interesting with capturing the transcription and then having, you know, even when you tell people there's an ability to edit text and then have it magically edit the audio as much as that was raising eyebrows and people and getting them to say that's pretty cool uh, i wonder if you can talk about the, the the bigger picture you've had for descript because now that you've added some new functionality with overdub i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and if that's been the plan all along for descript in terms of making it a, a default platform for for podcasting bigger than what it seemed when it first got started yeah so about I guess two weeks ago now, um, we came out with a version of Descript that uh, is basically our 1.0, and it is the the app that we've been trying to release uh, for the full two years that we've been working on it, um, because for the first time, you can create a podcast soup to nuts in Descript, from recording to multi-track sequencing, adding music, mixing, and then ultimately exporting and publishing your content. It's the first ever DAW or really uh, audio or video editor that has full live collaboration. And we've figured out how to 
build this uh, in all of the, we figured out how to graft all of the interactions that you need for making a podcast that you would find in a, in a editor like Pro Tools, um, onto this script based UI so that it feels as simple and straightforward as making a word processor. So, you know, the last few years has been about getting the foundation right. It's about just getting the transcription service really solid because that's foundational to everything else. It's been about uh, figuring out the design patterns and testing them for how to do multi-track and building something that has all of the fixings that customers have come to expect in the year 2019, where it's syncing to the cloud, it's collaborative by nature. And we're really excited to finally have something something out that people can use is really the best thing out there to uh, to to record and edit and mix your podcast. Can you talk about is this really the the vision that you had when you started the script that you were gonna really wanted to make it as robust as possible and something that you ultimately saw as the starting point for folks who are looking to to produce their own podcasts? You know, I, I think calling it a, a vision is maybe over. Um, overplaying it. <laughs> we were building this company called Detour that was a, a platform for audio tours. Uh, and half of the company was building the mobile app for these interactive, immersive uh, mobile walking tours. And the other half of the company was making content. So we worked with a mm -hmm. bunch of kind of seasoned NPR producers and storytellers. And, uh, and as we were making the content, uh, using these tools like Pro Tools that are really first and foremost designed with music in mind, not narrative media, the kludginess of the whole thing became overwhelmingly obvious. Mm -hmm. We were vaguely aware that there had been a lot of progress in automatic transcription and like probably just about everybody that's ever worked in um, narrative audio, we said, wouldn't it be cool if somebody uh, made a version of this that felt like a word processor where I could just see the text instead of these weird waveforms and edit that. And we found somebody uh, who was getting their PhD in Berkeley and exactly this kind of thing and built a proof of concept. And actually inside of Detour, three years ago, we had a version of Descript that was that had all these features. It had the ability to add music and, and it was just like kind of an internal tool at the time enough to prove the concept, but not the kind of polished consumer experience that we wanted to build. So it was enough for us to know that there was a big thing here. And now we've just spent the last couple of years refining it and getting it to the point that it was just this intuitive thing that we could release to the public. So yeah, like not only has it been the vision all along, um, we've actually built it <laughs> years ago. And uh, that was recently acquired by Bose, right? Detour was acquired by Bose, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it seems like they're they've got plans to to make more immersive sound experiences with the the core technology that they. Acquired. I don't know what their plans are. I I hope so, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell. When did you discover, or when did you become aware of the folks at uh, Lyrebird? We probably at about the same time as everybody else when. Mm they dropped a, a demo of their speech synthesis technology that um, that went viral. And, uh, and it was exciting for us because for a couple of reasons. One, one is that pretty much there, there, there's something that we've learned, which is when, when, you, when you build a tool that has elements of magic mm. 
people start expecting the entire thing to be magic. So we would be like, look at this. You can delete audio by just deleting text. Mm -hmm. And people would say, that's cool. Can I type words and have it generate audio? And that's <laughs> and your next like, what question. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, can't you, can't we at least just savor the coolness of the thing that we did for a second? No, but I, but I understand that it's a, it's a natural completion of the circle. And, and, and so that, that had always been on our radar of something that, that we needed to do in order to achieve our ultimate goal, which is to make editing audio as effortless as it is to edit text. And so th that, that caught our attention, but also what caught our attention was the way in which they approached it. They were really thoughtful about building the technology in an ethical way and, and building, for example, they made it so that you can only train your own voice mm -hmm. and they had a, they had a self-service method where they would prompt you with, with random sentences that you would have to record as a form of voice validation. And, uh, and, and, and that just kind of was an early signal that, that we'd really get along with these guys and it would be a, a good culture match. And, and so, you know, maybe a year later we started talking and all of that was confirmed. It's really, uh, they've, they've joined up with us and are, are really building a lot of the technology that's going to power the, the future of, of where we take the, the, the company. I don't know if you've noticed as people start to talk about uh, Lyrebird and and I guess it's now rebranded as Overdub within Descript. Is that yeah? We or? we still think about that team as the Lyrebird AI team, and, okay. and one of the, one of the products that they've built is our speech synthesis product, which is Overdub. And can you talk a little bit or lay people's concerns? Because naturally, everyone, when they start to hear about this, they start to imagine that people are going to be taking Trump's words or uh, <laughs> or Obama saying some nefarious sentences. And so I guess maybe in layman's terms, like some of the technology behind how the tool could prevent something like that from happening. Yeah. So, so you know, we've put guardrails on our implementation of the technologies such that you can only in order to use this technology, you need to train a voice model. And in order to train a voice model, we need an accurate transcript and uh, an audio of, of audio. And, and so in order to do that, we, we only allow you to do that with your own voice. You can't using Descript use, use uh, overdub to create deep fakes of, of somebody else. You know, I, that's a choice that we've made. I don't think we should expect that every company is by default going to make the same choice. So there are some troubling uh, issues that we're going to have to grapple with in the future. And uh, we're not going to be contributing to them, but that doesn't mean that they're any less likely to happen. I wasn't aware of the term deep faking. Is that when you're actually you're simulating or, or faking someone else's voice? Well, a deepfake is the broader term that people use to talk about AI-generated media mm. that's simulating a person somehow. So you've seen like deepfakes of Barack Obama or Donald yeah. Trump or yeah. um, various celebrities. I mean, the, the the main use cases that have emerged um, so far are not particularly savory. 
Now, the way that we're using it is basically as a way to save you a trip back to the recording booth. It's a, it's, it's a, a way to do pickups. Um, we've not only built the ability to type text and get speech of, of yourself, but to blend it into audio so you can change an adjective or, or, or make editorial changes that today are, are so time consuming and tedious and often just like technically difficult to achieve when you're working with audio. Now you can literally with overdub, go in, delete a couple of words, type the words that you wish that you said, and you're done. And it's nothing that you couldn't have done just by going back and, and re-recording. It just makes it very easy. Were there things that you've learned now since working with the Larbert team about this speech synthesis technology that uh, you didn't know could be done earlier? Um, a ton. And, uh, and we're, we're kind of just getting started, but, uh, one example that comes to mind is what's called style transfer, the ability to kind of copy and paste a style of a read, a emotional delivery from one bit of audio to another. So there's really a lot of potential to give people to craft, um, to, to, to craft and have control over over their voice in a way that like, you know, musicians might have with, with auto tune or um, other tools like that. And in terms of the, the pricing, did, did I see that correctly that you're actually allowing for people if they're on a, an annual plan to have unlimited transcriptions. And so the, really the focus is on getting people to actually use more of the features within the tool. Yeah. So the, the way that it works is you can download Descript for free. You can use all the features. You can transcribe up to three hours. That's kind of like your trial. If you still like it after that, um, then transcription is free with your, with your subscription, which is 10 bucks a month. You know, our view on transcription is that, uh, we're build, first of all, we just think transcription is going towards free one way or the other. Yep. Um, it looks like, you know, Google has new automatic transcription memo tools coming up. Uh, Apple and the new version of their operating system has a free transcription API, all of the different providers out there. It's just getting cheaper and cheaper. And we're excited about that because, um, it just, it, the, the, you start using tools in different ways when you aren't paying and metered and this is a creative tool and i don't want people every time they're using descript thinking about paying a tax mm -hmm. for every minute of content they're creating we do have some like you know rate limiting that almost nobody hits it's if you're if you need to transcribe more than 10 hours in a 30-day period we'll ping you and just and say like but 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 we we don't do metered transcription pricing where you just pay per minute anymore mm. um we usually if people have a good reason and just need to work through a backlog of transcription we just raise the limit and send them on their way can you talk a little bit about how the company is growing is and is it part of the reason why you wanted to go after the the second round of funding yeah, that we've mostly been heads down, uh, focused on building product up until now, and and now with this with this version out here, we're we're um, growing nicely and and getting the word out. It's been exciting and fulfilling to watch, and the the team right now is about a little over twenty people. We just raised fifteen million dollars from Andrews and Horowitz and Redpoint, and we're hoping to use that to to grow the team and uh, expand the offering to, to really just make it as magical as we can. 
Can you talk about what is different now or how you've grown as a leader and anything you might be doing differently now than in your previous jobs? Yeah. I mean, I just feel older, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 10 years older than I was, I, I think. How old am I? 38. Yeah, I'm 10. I'm about 10 years. Well, I mean, I was a range of ages when I was running Groupon, but let's, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have a lot more experience. And, and I think most of the ways in which I'm different are just the, the ways in which somebody chills out or, hmm. um, or wisens with age for better and worse, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's, I, I, there's, there's, I, I could give you like one or two kind of pithy examples, <laughs> but I feel like it would be misrepresenting the the deeper truth, which is, it's a lot of little things. <laughs> Do you see the uh, the roles that the people, the individuals have that that they have on your team? Like, do they feel empowered to become like their own innovators? Because a say. lot of times. <laughs> I empower them to do exactly what I say. <laughs> they um a lot of times there's a lot of people who like to stay in companies because they they love the stability of it, but they they're almost seen as what they call entrepreneurs. So they're they're innovating within their own companies. And I imagine with with a company like this that's using a lot of cutting edge um tools and and working in a in a in a in an industry that's while still been around for maybe 10 plus years, it's still relatively new and still a lot of um, people that need to know about podcasting. So are, are folks on the team empowered to uh, come up with ideas as well for, for what's happening in this industry? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's one of the the most fulfilling parts about working at this particular company. It's It's still very small and mm-hmm. the people who are here tend to be here because they would feel overly restricted in a larger company where they wouldn't be able to, you know, execute against their um, brilliance and creativity. And um, I feel very lucky to be um, a benefactor of the, of the great ideas and drive that the people on this team has. Um, and that's that's not just the Liarbird folks. It's also just all the engineers and designer and everybody here at, at the company. It's I'm I'm routinely surprised and um, inspired by mm. people coming up with things that I never would have thought of. You know, m- my job as a CEO is is not to have ideas. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing my job well when I don't have any good ideas, and they've they've all been they've all been covered by by the team do you feel any sense of uh, additional scrutiny because of your previous job with groupon and and all the exposure you had around that and and ex- exiting that company and and people keeping a closer eye on you with your new company uh no but uh, that i've just uh probably cuz i just don't pay attention maybe i should pay more attention to that <laughs> and be more self-conscious about it all yeah i'm wondering if um how much you've just been more involved in, in learning about the podcasting industry in and of itself, like the history of it. And if you've just been 
immersing yourself more and more because you're now a tool and a, and a really important and innovative tool very quickly becoming a tool like that in the in the world of podcasting and i know that in our podcasting circles it's been a, a, you know definitely a bit of buzz about what's happening because people are, are you know asking have you tried have you tried the script have you tried the new tool and so do you find yourself like more immersed in the industry as a whole and, and learning more about it now that you're have a tool that's poised to be a pretty good player in it yeah. So before I got into tech, I, I went to school for music technology, strangely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I worked in a recording studio for a couple of years. So I knew DAWs pretty well. And, and I thought that was going to be an asset when I started working on Detour and we were building this effectively an internal pod, little podcasting studio. Mm-hmm. I, again, I wasn't as pre- prepared for how different the workflows are that podcasters go through, but was very lucky to work alongside, you know, X planet money and this American life reporters. Mm. And through that process became deeply familiar with their workflow. And it was interesting because coming from tech, we're used to expecting and looking for ways to optimize and make more efficient just about any workflow, you know, automating bits of it that we can. And what I found with the the radio producers that we worked with is that because they've been neglected for so long by the broader community of tool providers, mm-hmm. um, they've become remarkably adept at finding workarounds and tolerating just completely egregious faults in the soft software and, and workflow that they're the workflows that they're they're using and just like putting up with a lot working their butts off to do things that should be relatively simple so when we started building descript there are a number of things that like when you start using the app there there you'll find that a lot of those it was designed with a lot of those workflows in mind, like mm-hmm. the process of going out, collecting a ton of tape, um, pulling selects, writing a script around it, stuff like that. You know, Descript has just been um, fine tuned for because we were building it as an internal tool to accommodate those specific workflows. And um, and I often find when I'm talking to these podcasting teams. Not to say that we understand everything, but we have a deep enough understanding of the workflow that we can often complete their sentences. Um, this isn't something where we're just, you know, looking at a a chart in a, you know, presentation on the po- podcast industry that Morgan yeah. Stanley put together and saying that we think this is the next gold rush. Let's Let's go out and build a bunch of tools. I think it's a combination of us really understanding the space pretty well. Also, you know, personally, I just love tools to it's, it's in my life. It's mostly a liability and something (laughs) that the people around me hate about me because I need, I feel like I need to try every new tool and not like hammers and stuff. I'm like, (laughs) I mean like, you know, software tools. tools. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I think you'll see that as well in, we're just, we're people here who think a lot about how do we take a step out of the flow, understanding what our users are doing. So anyway, like that's that's the funnest part mm-hmm. of the company is trying to figure out what are the 
How can we make the workflow of our customers even more efficient, faster? How can we make this tool more expressive? We see the the word processor as the the gold standard of creative tools. And the writer is so lucky to have that because you spend a few minutes in, at the beginning of your career learning how to type. And then the mm-hmm. rest of your career is dedicated to improving your craft, not maintaining mm-hmm. your knowledge on the tools. That's a good point. And, and we want to bring that to new media producers and podcasters where you can just get on this thing and it's expressive in a way that there's nothing standing in between your intent and its expression. Are you looking to partner with some of the other podcasting companies? I'm thinking specifically maybe like hosting companies, because once your production is complete and it's edited, obviously you'll need to get it hosted um, to get it published. And I'm wondering if you're, if either through APIs or partnerships, you're looking to deepen that to make that workflow a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, it, we're, that's something that we're hoping to get out there in the next couple of weeks is just uh, one cl- one click publishing to um, popular podcast hosts. Are, are you also looking to make a, a presence with some of the upcoming podcast conferences? I know you were recently at Podcast Movement, and then, but it seems like there's now a podcast conference in every country <laughs> as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, um, I'll be at Third Coast manning the booth doing okay. demos and stuff. Uh, I've been there before and it was a ton of fun. We're doing other podcast movements. What else should we do? Uh, yeah, those are the major ones. Pod, uh, Podfest is a, it's basically, it, those are the, my two favorite in the States. Podfest is in Orlando and it's a very community-based podcasting conference. And uh, I can definitely, I know the, the, the creators of that. And so I, I can, I can make an introduction to your team if you want to, yeah. to get that coordinated. It's, it's now getting close to probably about 1500 people attending that. And they have that in Orlando and it's really focused on, um, folks in the business community creating podcasts. So I think it might it'd probably be a good fit. Great. In terms of like new features, do you feel like you got your hands full with what you got going now with Overdub or is, it, is there things that you have that are swimming around in your head in terms of features or things you'd like to see? Uh, let me pull up <laughs> the roadmap. roadmap. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing some better filler word detection that we expect to ship in the next, uh, in the next couple of weeks, um, like ums and uhs and just making mm-hmm. it easy to, uh, swat those out uh, adding support for effects compression and eq mm. we have some cool uh room tone stuff that we're working on i don't want to give away everything yeah. <laughs> here but I'll, I'll so i'll stop there but i mean the okay. short answer is we have uh we're, we're we're excited to have this first release behind us because every all there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up the room tone thing is just like finding a way to just autom- automate the insertion of, of room tones so you don't have to manually go through and and do that at the end of your uh, when you're mixing. Yeah, in terms of new technologies that are really interesting for podcasters, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of the what the folks at CRISP are doing with a K, K-R-I-S-P dot A-I. No, what's that? It's a noise canceling tool that sits in your toolbar Basically, you route the mic through there and it's noise reduction. So here it's pretty quiet, but I've used it in an airport and I've turned it on and I was doing a webinar and the people were just blown away. The team came from, uh, some of the folks came from Twilio. So they've got uh, a pretty good grasp of uh, communications and um, they're using some of the Intel powered chips and they just did a a promo video with Intel just did a promo video 
showcasing their their tool, but it's pretty fantastic. And I spoke to one of the founders. It essentially is going to listen to the next version is going to listen to the frequency and the tone of your voice. And if you're in a busy area, it's going to isolate that from the surrounding voices. So it's going to allow you to do like on the spot noise reduction. Um, so it's been pretty interesting. And I've been recommending for folks who are recording in, in like noisy locations. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, that seems very handy. So can you also comment on like all the money? I don't know if you've been following what's happening with like Luminary coming in with $100 million <laughs> to launch what they're thinking is going to be the Netflix of podcasting and having had some experience with in- investors and, and investing and, and, and bubbles as well. I'm wondering if what, what your thoughts are as you're watching all this renewed interest and newfound interest and new money in, in the podcasting space. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I, you'd think I'd have uh, be a, an expert in this sort of thing. I'll, I'll say a few things. I think there's not a very. Let's just say there's a checkered history of pre-launch companies raising thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that would terrify me. I just. I I like the idea of doing something that's kind of small in getting out there to get market validation before you are responsible for that much of someone's money. So I don't really know how it's going for them. Uh, There was that other one that someone that Himalaya or something and someone told me raised a hundred, but that turned out to be entirely fake, I guess. Someone just told me. Well, no, I think there's a bit of confusion because, uh, and I actually met some of the folks at Himalaya. There's a parent company in China called Shimalaya, which actually has the funding and they're just, you know, they're distributing it to Himalaya, which is the US version. So technically Himalaya itself, I think is, didn't receive the money, but I think um, they have access to it if, when they need it. So um, it wasn't too different, but it was a little confusing and it, it made a lot of people um, a little nervous, interest interested, depending <laughs> what side of the fence you were sitting on, because they're, they're, they are, considering uh, continuing to, to play uh, pump a lot of money into in this, into the um, podcasting and sponsoring some conferences as well yeah interesting okay yeah I think people are just weary of companies that are proclaiming to be the Netflix of podcasting and I think there was a recent medium post about the argument whether it makes sense to have people pay for content and to be a a Netflix or an HBO, or if it should inevitably always just be free for everyone, because once you start putting up walls as to what people can, can consume, I don't know where I was wondering where where you sit on that argument as well, whether it should be available to as, as wide an audience as possible, or if it is premium in the same way, the people of game of Thrones get compensated for producing quality content that people pay for. If that's the model that we may see with podcasting as well. Uh, that's a good question. You know, there there may come a time in the history of Descript where I need to have a professional point of view on that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, for now, we uh, we're happy to just be building a great creation ecosystem for podcasters and um, and not need to not need to have a point of view on that sort of thing. I'm a, I'm a believer in in not kind of polluting the world with more <laughs> random opinions from people who don't matter. Yeah. I mean, there's no shortage of that. And I think what's interesting is that it's a sign of a maturing industry when you start to see people come in who have just now learning about podcasting or because of the size of the checks that they're writing, feel that they have an opinion about what the, the direction this industry should take. Um, and so there's uh, a lot of buzz around that as well. 
Yeah, for sure. You must be excited. It's uh, yeah, to to have been in this industry and watch this all happen. I'm I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch, and and I I mean I'm not as long as like the Adam Curry's, who uh, arguably people would say is one of the the godfathers of podcasting, but it has been fun to watch for the past five five plus years uh, to see the the enthusiasm that people have as well. Because I don't know if you've seen it in in your personal life as well when you try to explain what. We tried to explain what a podcast was a couple of years ago to people and and friends and family. Do you find that that's an easier task now? To explain what a podcast is? Yeah. <laughs> or just, yeah, or people that, that they would even know what it is. Yeah. I mean, this is the, with this release, we've only been doing it for a couple of weeks because before now we would never pitch ourselves as a podcast creation tool because you mm. couldn't actually make, you all you could do was edit voice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people ask me, what I do, I say, I make software for making podcasts and people say, oh, you know, <laughs> and then that's it. And we talk about our kids. <laughs> and do you find that you have as much time now as you used to, to listen to podcasts now that you've, you're, you're running your own company again? No, it's, I don't know why I'm running a company. It's <laughs> so dumb. It takes so much time. Why do people do this to themselves? And I have kids now too. And, yeah. and, uh, and so um, you know, podcasts are like eighth on the list of things that I'm not doing. <laughs> well, um, I want to be appreciative of your time and thank you for coming back on for round two. I thought it was so interesting with what you're doing. Um, and I think you've been, uh, I think you're a, a good ambassador for podcasting. And I think, um, what you're doing is getting a lot of people excited in the space and, and I think making it easier for people to produce shows because the biggest hurdle when people get started is the technology overwhelm. They don't know what mic to use. They don't know where to record. They see these, this bloated software that's so hard to use. And, and, and I get the sense that that's some of the stuff that's top of mind for you um, as you start to yeah. build up the feature set. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, we're not the first people to claim to provide an easy way to make a podcast, but um, you know, you could just quote unquote, make a podcast by opening your voice memos app and hitting record. The The difference between Descript is not needing to choose between power and simplicity. We come from a background using full featured production studios. And when we built this thing, it it was top of mind to make sure that we figured out how to provide that same level of flexibility and power in crafting your creation that you have in traditional tools, just in a far more accessible packaging. And that's really what we're trying to do. One last question I ask uh, guests, something you've changed your mind about recently. Something I changed my mind about recently. God, I, I hate I hate this because the fact that I can't think of anything ma- I, I, makes it sound like uh, I don't change my mind, but I change. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's one. There's a feature that um, that I thought should be lower priority. And then someone here just started building it. And uh and I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. We should do it. I don't know. That's a dumb example, but. I've had everyone say anything from, I now drink less, I don't drink coffee more. I drink more tea. So it's, <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything that profound sometimes. It's just funny. It gets people thinking sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's, I mean, I just wanted to have a, a quick chat and uh, check in on what you're doing and, um, and I thank you for your time. And uh, just wondering like what else in the, in the podcasting space in terms of like what you see for the next 12 months that has you excited. 
we're just excited to see how people start using the app. We're ex- uh, Overdub right now is in is in closed beta, so we're looking for people that we can partner with to uh, be early testers of the service. And I can't wait to get that out there. I think you know audio is the easiest form of content to create. You just open your mouth. Yeah. But but probably the hardest to edit. And Overdub will change that. It'll make it so that you can you have the same level of kind of flexibility with your audio as you have with text and mm-hmm. i it feels like a fundamental change point of change in how people are going to use audio and i i, I can anticipate some of the ways that'll happen but not all of them um so i'm i'm excited to see how people start using that feature yeah, it's interesting because it is one of those tools that the more people use it, the more they discover something um, or a use case for it that you may not have even thought about. So that should be fun to watch. Yeah. So if people want to check it out, it's Descript.com to download. That's right. Yeah, it's a free download. Give it a try. It's really fun is maybe the thing that's you're, you know, you're not going to understand until you start editing in it. Not only is it easier, but it, you never need to leave your editorial brain when you're editing. Mm. You're instead of just this constant back and forth into your technical brain when you're editing the, the waveforms in it, it makes the process of crafting your content delightful in a way that, um, you're probably not accustomed to when working with, with audio editing tools. Well, speaking of delightful, the video you guys made was actually pretty fun. <laughs> Which did you use a, a, a local company for that? We used uh, this uh, firm called Sandwich Video that okay. I've I've been working with since the Groupon days, and those guys are just genius. You know, this product is right in their sweet spot, and I've I've worked with them in the past where it, in a lot of different ways. In in this one, it was basically like completely hands off you guys know what to do and really? um and they knocked it out of the park it's it's a it's a funny video i really highly recommend yeah i highly recommend people watch that almost it's you know if people are used to like the funny dollar shave club type videos i mean i was i was smiling and laughing when i saw it i was very surprised because normally explainer videos are pretty <laughs> boring but they really like you said knocked out of the park that was a lot of fun to watch all right uh, thanks again for coming on, and I'll I'll get all the, we'll provide all the links in the show notes for people to connect with you. Um, do you, are you active on any social media channels as at all? Not really. Okay. I I, I do have a uh, uh, Twitter, but um, yeah, people can tweet me, Andrew Nelson. <laughs> all right. Thanks for your time again, Andrew. All right. Thanks a lot. So thanks again to Andrew for being a good sport, coming back on. And what I found so interesting is his refreshing take on the challenges of being a business owner and running a company. And I can't believe 10 years have gone by since the Groupon days. I think like all of us, we're all a little wiser as the years progress. I alluded to a couple of services that I've been checking out. The first one is Glow.fm. So as you probably know, being a regular listener, or if you're new, you may not, that this podcast is a labor of love and I've been doing it for five years since 2014. So something I'm going to be trying out is the glow.fm platform. I had a great conversation with the folks there, including Namira and Ben. If you look in the show notes for this episode, you'll see a link to the glow.fm 
anchor.fm podcast junkies link where you can contribute to the show. It could be a recurring donation or a one-time donation. So I'm interested in your take on the process. If you do go through it, even if you just want to test it out, I'm going to be doing a couple of more experiments like that with the show as it goes forward, given that it's a podcast about the podcasting community. Next up, I want to talk about what the folks at Podchaser are doing. You can hear my episode with co-founder Cole Raven, podcastjunkies.com forward slash 197. For those of you that don't know Podchaser, it's essentially the IMDB of podcasting. There have been a couple of folks who've tried this, but never succeeded to the extent that Podchaser did. And it's clear they're not a leader. What's beautiful is that they're platform agnostic. So things like reviews that you can find on Podchaser will now be displayed in apps like player.fm and Radio Public to start. And they're in conversations with some of the other podcast players. They've also released the social feed function on their website. And now you can not only identify yourself as a host or a guest on a specific podcast, but you can also create a user profile and list your favorite podcasts. So I just am a big fan of what the team is doing, and I wanted to draw your attention to it as a podcaster. Make sure you have your show set up on Podchaser and that you're tagging yourself and your guests in every single episode. I think it'll just... Uh, make the content there more rich. And I know that a lot of the podcasting hosting companies like Simplecast are actually pulling in that creator data when you upload your episode. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Special thanks to our sponsor, Focusrite, makers of the awesome sounding Scarlett 2i2 sound card. Make sure you tune in next week for my conversation with Eric Hunley. And if you made it this far, no doubt you're anxiously awaiting the round two retention hashtag. In honor of their recent acquisition of Lyrebird, let's go with Transcript Bird. So hashtag Transcript Bird. You can tag myself, podcast underscore junkies, and Andrew at Andrew Mason. Love you gals and guys. <laughs>